Go. Streaming from South Africa to the world. To the world. This is the Stonks Go Moon podcast. What just happened? We break it down so you don't have to. Hi everyone, welcome to the Stones Go Moon podcast and today is the day that you've been waiting for. We are talking trading and financial markets. I am very fortunate enough to be joined by Simon Ree. He is a trader, speaker, Jeet Kundo instructor and also a member of the Crayon Club. Simon, how are you? I'm really well, Rocco. How are you? No complaints, Simon. Simon, we're in a very, very strange place at the moment uh, in terms of the markets. Let's talk a bit about how, um, the state of the market in general. Um, let's start with tech stocks. We've seen this mm-hmm. 10%, I would say, correction, um, and the market is sort of finding itself in limbo. What, what exactly is going on? So what's happened, we've, we've seen a fairly rapid rise in bond yields in the US and most people are focused on the 10 year bond as, as the benchmark and 10 year bond yields have sort of jacked up to about 1.63% having, having rallied from below 1% uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And bond yields where they are now, I mean, they're, they're not high, okay? The, the bond, 10 year bond yields in the US have been higher than they are now 99.9% of the time. So we're not in uncharted waters. I think what's happened, though, is equity markets, tech stocks in particular, push, push pretty hard to the upside. And the speed with which bond yields have, have accelerated it has kind of caught people off guard a little bit. So we've seen a lot of this, you know, what they call sector rotation with people dumping tech stocks and, and moving into yeah, more kind of old school industrial stocks and, and reopening stocks. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is narratives, because there's a lot of narratives floating around in the market. So I know uh, both uh, ourselves, we've got uh, little boys, and I want us to speak like you are trying to explain something to a two or three year old. So I I want us to discuss two narratives. The one, the first one is seems like a new buzzword. It's yield control. What exactly is yield control and why is it so important? Um, and again, speaking to a two or three year old. Sure. So yield curve control refers to a, a policy that, that a central bank can implement. So Federal Reserve, for example, they could decide to buy longer duration bonds in, in an effort to try and keep the yield on those bonds lower. Okay, because bond yields uh, move opposite to bond prices. When bond prices rally, the, the yield falls. And so if the, the Fed decided to lengthen the maturity or the, the duration of the bonds that they choose to buy, they could effectively uh, control the yield curve by not allowing the, the longer end of the yield curve to rise so rapidly. Or mm-hmm. I mean, they could even go so far as, as, as trying to, to suppress it. And, and that's what yield curve control essentially is all about. Now, that there's, the market has had sort of expectations that uh, Jerome Powell would, would make some comment about this, and, and he didn't. And, so, and so, so, sorry. So, so, so basically there was, an, there was an assumption made or there was consensus made that he would touch on it, and he didn't. That's right. Okay. So maybe he'll say something about it t- uh, today. Uh, that that remains to be seen. Yes. But uh, it, it seems that the Fed are 
more keen on, on trying to jawbone the market at the moment than actually make any, any substantive changes to policy. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, the, the fact is we, we've still got incredibly accommodative liquidity environment. Uh, we've got, on top of that, we've got $1.9 trillion in new stimulus. So it, it's an incredibly accommodative environment for, for, for growth and inflation and, and equity markets in general, I believe. Talk a bit about that uh, that stimulus. Where do you think it's going to go? Because there's two schools of thought, right? There's the one camp that's screaming crypto and stocks, you know, buy old stonks. And then you've got the other camp that's saying, well, people are in real trouble and they need to save. And that's probably, if you're looking at history, what happened with the first stimulus, it's the majority went into savings. Where do you stand on, on this new stimulus bill? Where the money actually ends up, to be honest with you, I, I don't think it matters. If, if people believe the narrative that you know, so-called stimmy checks are going to end up in crypto <laughs> and stocks, then those markets will probably rise. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like how people, they assume that when QE is being implemented, that money is going to end up in the, in the stock market. I mean, there, there is no transition mechanism whatsoever for the asset swap that the Fed engages in well, under quantitative easing for any of that money to end up in the stock market. But, but if, if people believe that narrative, uh, it, it helps lift the tide. And, and I think the same is true with, with stimmy checks. So I, I don't think it really matters where $1,400 checks end up. Uh, it, it's really what people believe. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the second term that seems to be very uh, popular uh, being thrown around by um, economists, uh, is uh, value rotation in, in tech stocks. Uh, same process, uh, if you can explain to us what, what value rotation is and, and why it's, well, is it important or, or not? Well, okay, so t if, we, if we look at tech stocks, because they've really borne the brunt of the selling, there, there are a couple of dynamics at play. So the first one is, you, you look at a stock like Amazon, which has yeah. been an absolute, you know, juggernaut over the last two decades. Uh, Amazon, though, when, when you look at their look at their income statement, their, their, their profits have been uh, pretty pretty hard to, to spot over the last two decades. You know, it's, it's been run very very lean from a operating income point of view, and they they kind of have, have turned a profit whenever they've needed to, but they haven't really needed to because I mean, yeah. obviously you've got a great growth story there, but you've got very very cheap access to capital markets, both debt markets and equity markets. All right, and Amazon's yeah. kind of the the poster child of this. But you, I mean, you look at a stock like Shopify, for example. I mean, Shopify is almost a household name now. It's been a, a juggernaut of a, of a stock in the equity market. Only started turning an operating income in the December quarter. You know, it's been making a loss right up until very recently. I was and about to say. Away with that. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I was about to say that it's not only one, people like picking poster childs, um, Tesla, Amazon, um, Apple, whatever, but it's not, it's it's a handful of companies. I don't think we need to single out any one example. I saw a post this morning saying, um, Chewy is the digital Tesla. And I thought, well, fuck me, there's a narrative that I haven't heard before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, when you're using Amazon as an example, People need to know it's just an example. It's not a reflection of the company. But like you say, so so uh, you were saying that the companies only started turning a, a profit 
recently and and then yeah. i interrupted and, and there are as you say a boatload of companies like that 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 actually aren't turning a profit you look at the operating income it's in the red yes and the reason they that this well a large part of the reason the stock prices have been able to uh, boom in, in these loss making companies is very cheap access to money all right and if that if, if people perceive that that cheap access to money is going to get taken away by higher bond yields uh, it, it takes a bit of gloss off the story um, the, the other thing that happens of course is when when analysts are performing discounted cash flow valuations that they're, they're trying to assess what a, a company is worth using fundamental analysis the 10-year bond rate is sort of your benchmark <laughs> discount rate all right and when 10-year yeah. bond yields rise it means you've got a higher discount rate, therefore a lower valuation. All right, and and that hits tech stocks harder than anyone else. Yeah. So that's that's why we've seen this rotation out of tech, which is generally expensive, uh, and and into kind of value stocks. And and you look at stocks like uh, you know financials, industrials, energy. Uh, they've all really been incredibly strong the past couple of quarters, and and tech has really been the laggard. Yeah, there's interesting the bounce um, in tech stocks caught um, even myself uh, a, a bit off guard because I think there's too much noise out there. I think social media has bombarded us with so much info um, and opinions that it's hard to see the wood, what's it saying, the wood from the trees. But um, I think sometimes it's just better to actually unplug yourself from all the noise and just focus on your charts. I couldn't agree more with you, Rocco. I, ch trade price, don't trade opinions. Yeah. Uh, Simon, um, looking at the future, and I know it's something that me and you are both keen, um, um, advocate, uh, we're keen advocates on, is not to try and predict price, but to follow price. But it is also good to have some sort of idea of where the future is going. Um, in terms of uh, the markets, where where do you see mm -hmm. us going? And I know you've got sort of the suspicion of you know, this five, five, ten year suspicion. Um, anything that you can tell us about that? Uh, sorry, what was the five, ten year suspicion you're referring to? <laughs> about us being choppy. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think in the short term, the the, the path of least resistance is higher. Because we've got, oh yeah, we, we've just come through, um, you know, an earnings quarter where relative expectations, earnings were pretty good. Um, you know, the vaccine rollouts are happening. Economies are picking up. We get through the second half of this year. Borders are going to be reopening. We, we've got still very accommodative monetary conditions. We've got stimulus hitting. You know, mm. signs of inflation are starting to pick up. And I think once we get to, we, we've got very low base effects coming through March and April, because obviously March and April last year was a deflationary shock, um, we, we could really start to see people really be, really become convinced that, you know what, this recovery is real. And, and obviously stock markets are forward looking. I think yeah. we're going to start discounting this very, very soon. The fact that the economy is going to roar back to life. Um, yeah. and, and I, I really think that the path of least resistance for stocks over the next, call it, quarter or two is, is is very much to the upside and i think um i think tech will, will play a part in that in fact i think tech will probably play play some catch up um but you you look at the markets at the moment dow jones all-time high s p 500 all-time high russell 2000 all-time all high, high. transports yeah. all-time high <laughs> uh you know this is this is a very bullish environment uh you know the pullback in tech notwithstanding 
I, I, I always say to people, I, it doesn't matter what your belief system is or what you believe, but you don't short against momentum. It's just not a good idea. No, it's, it's, a, it's a mug's game. And the, the thing is, it, even if you want to short, even if you want to be bearish, you don't have to pick the top. You know, yeah. if you miss the top, the market will always give you a second, third chance. Yeah, uh, trying to pick the top is is, is kind of a, a mugs game in in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. And looking looking, um, if I can ask you, looking medium and longer term, medium and longer term, I, I think the risks start to increase a little bit. Um, the only reason the markets rallied like they did out of the March lows last year was the liquidity environment. Right, it was yeah. nothing to do with. Uh, economic growth or company earnings. It, it was all liquidity. And I think that as inflation figures start to become impossible to ignore, there's a real risk that the Fed uh, kick over the punch bowl and, and start withdrawing liquidity. Uh, okay, that doesn't so even that's... mean they need to raise rates. Okay, They can yeah. just start shrinking the balance sheet again. And I, I, I don't think the market is going to take kindly to that. No, and so there that's... is so much debt in the system now that yeah. you know any, any tightening of liquidity conditions... You know, the, the amount of leverage in, in not just the U.S. economy, but the global economy, it just accelerates things. And, and we, saw, we saw that April, uh, March, you know, February, March last year. Um, I think we could see a, an accelerated sell-off uh, as and when the Fed changed their tune or, or changed their policy. That, that's well, that's the big risk. Actually a very good tip. So, so it's basically listening for any signs that the Fed is going to start tapering. Am I right? Absolutely. I, I think okay. as soon as um, as soon as the Fed start to change their narrative, don't don't wait for them to start raising rates. It'll be way <laughs> too late by then. Uh, as soon as they start to change their narrative, uh, I, I think it's time to pare back risk and you know put some hedges on. Okay, that's hundred percent. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. Before I let you leave, um, where can we find you, and where can people connect with you, and what do you have going on in your life? Sure, Rocco. So. Um, if you want to connect with me on social media, LinkedIn is, is my platform. So you can just search for me, Simon Ree, S-I-M-O-N-R-E-E, on LinkedIn. Um, I've written a best-selling book called The Tao of Trading, which uh, you, you can find on Amazon. That's T-A-O of Trading. Uh, and I've also got a company of the same name, uh, TaoofTrading.com, where I, I teach people the, the tools and the skills and the knowledge they need to really accelerate their wealth creation potential uh, by, by trading options in, in US stocks. And we'll put those links in the comments. And if you want to learn from the Grand Wizard himself, go check out that thing. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. For our listeners, to our listeners, peace, love and prosperity. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>